Time. Somebody is back this week, and it is Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew is made in the good old US of A. It is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have to go to a doctor or wait in line. It is cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. It's great. So go to BlueChew.com, get your first shipping free when you use the special promo code it's going to be a new one dr tom and just pay five dollars shipping again that's b-l-u-e-q.com promo code dr tom to try it for free blue True, remember they are a better a cheaper choice and we like to thank them for sponsoring the show remember you, you can obviously uh, support us by supporting them you can help make this podcast grow even more by going to a bluechew.com again make sure you use the promo code dr tom and of course one more time bluechew.com dr tom you gotta love blue chew Oh, I, I do. I, I've tried it before, and uh, especially when they were one of our sponsors. And uh, it, it is a great product. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it myself. Let me just say that. I, I don't know how far I can really uh, stress uh, about Blue Chew. But, but, yeah, great product. Try it out, and you get a free opportunity when you contact them. So, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. I and just that's D-R-T-O-M, Dr. Tom. Pretty simple. Bluechew.com, a free, uh, free product. $5 shipping. So very, very good stuff there from a blue shoot. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Welcome to Take You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. I am your co-host, J.P. John Paz from the two-man power trip of wrestling. And of course, I'm joined by the former WWE World Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, one of the greatest minds and trainers ever in the history of professional wrestling, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you doing today, sir? John, I'm doing great. There's something a little different going on. I can't put my finger on it, but I think I like it so far. I mean, it's a beautiful night in Knoxville, Tennessee, as most Sundays are here. So uh, it's great. Great to be having a new look, too, man. This is this is uh, different. Yeah, I love finally getting to look at you, and now you're wearing that cool uh, JPWA sweatshirt. That's pretty you cool. got to represent, man. This is called self-promotion. I wear everybody else's stuff until they said, hey, you know what you ought to do? And I said, what's that? So wear your own stuff. Get yourself over. If that's possible. Yeah. At all. So yeah. 
Very true. Now, what's going on with JPWA? You getting ready to start up again or what? Uh, tomorrow, we're taping this or recording this actually on uh, the 3rd of January. Tomorrow is the 4th. We have our first class back for 2021. After taking a month off, we took, well, we ended uh, the last session November 20th and took the entire month of December off. And uh, actually, I'm looking forward to getting back, back in the swing of things. I've had some, some emails, some texts from people who are going to come back and uh, be with us again. And uh, some new people showing up tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see how many actually make the trek. I actually got a bunch of emails and like DMs and messages stuff about your school. So what I do, I just pass it along to jpwrestlingacademy.com. I say just to check it out. I'm hoping, you know, you never know if you're being worked, if the person's just saying stuff. I'm like, I'm hoping they went over and they listened to me and they did it, but who knows? Well, who knows? Because you know what? Uh, I've got uh, a lot. I've got a lot of uh, applications, a lot of emails, a lot of questions before every class. And, and out of maybe, uh, 84 people who come in, we, we may get two, we may get three, we may get four. Sometimes the last time we proved it, uh, then we got 21. So it's wow. a crapshoot either way, but um, it, that's what makes it so great and that's what makes it so fun. Well, 21 is that kind of uh, like a lot as far as just training at uh, one time, or is that perfect? We know that that's a lot, that, but that that was a good, a good class because we, we kept going and, and everybody was moving. We have one ring. But we found a way to make it work. We're 21 people uh, uh, were moving and working in four hours, and and I think they had a good class. The thing that's great about JPWA, you hear about other schools with some names on there where the names don't necessarily show up a lot. You're always there. You're always training. Train Vince, Shane, Kurt Angle, Mark Henry, The Rock, Brackus. Uh, the list goes on and on. Bella Twins goes on and on. So you're there, which is really cool. I am there Monday through Friday, and uh, that's one of the things we talked about when we first started this thing. We didn't want to be, uh, uh, we didn't want to have, have have our name on the door and then not be there and take a chance on somebody else ruining our reputation. I said, if anybody's going to ruin our reputation, it's going to be us, and it's going <laughs> to be me. I can I can certainly do that all by myself without any help. And Glenn, who was on with us last week, obviously Glenn Jacobs, the mayor, Kane, who was a great episode. It was awesome to get him on and get him talking. But you know, he sung nothing but praises for you and, and the job you've been doing down there. So that's good to see as well. It's always good to hear when, when he's happy. And, and by the way, let me just mention that Glenn also does, uh, uh, you know, he has a lot on his plate, but he does make his way down there on occasion and gets, he, he still gets a kick out of watching you guys uh, start and training the business. So, um, we're looking for a great 2021 because last year, man, we started out hot and, uh, and thought it was just going to be a great year, our second year of opening. And, uh, lo and behold, we all know how that ended up, but 2021, uh, I, I hope for everybody to be a great year. Certainly for us, man, we're looking forward to it. And the awesome thing about the school just in general is, you know, a WB has its eyes on that school. Undertaker has shown up. Your brother, Bruce Pritchard, has shown up. Seamus, uh, Natty Nightheart, uh, Sasha Banks, I think you said, was there. So there's a lot Mark of WWE Henry, yeah, yeah, Mark Henry. There's yeah, WWE presence. Of, yeah, we, we've been very fortunate and a lot of, a lot of friends. Uh, uh, Agent Christian, uh, FDR, uh, they were known as the Revival back then, but they've all stopped in. And, and it's just uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes was, was coming through town and just called up and said, hey, man, I'd like to stop by the school, see you guys, and see what's going on. So it's it's a cool thing, um, and especially this day and age when everybody's looking for something new and exciting to do, uh, 
if they want to stop in at JPWA, just check it out. We're, we're more than happy to show it to them. Very cool. And I, for, I always kind of mispronounce the last name, but uh, Emily Andrulis got and, signed. Andrulis. By yes, yep. Andrulis. Yeah, 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 she she uh, she actually won the first episode of the Rocks Titan Games, and she's from Knoxville, Tennessee. She came back, and she fell in love with professional wrestling. She wasn't really allowed to watch it growing up, but once uh, uh, she got to be around the Rock, his his attitude was infectious, and his enthusiasm and energy is infectious. And she found out that she wanted to to be a part of that, and she came to us. Uh, as soon as she got back and and started training for twelve weeks, and shortly after that, she was signed and on her way. She's still in Orlando right now. I wonder if The Rock told her that you trained him. I wonder if that. Do you know that? Uh, well, we we sent messages back and forth when she was training here, so she knows that. She knew that. I don't know if she knew it at the time of the uh, the, the Titans show, but but they were. Uh, Rock gave her his his number and. Uh, or his cell and they, they would text back and forth too. So, uh, so it, it's good to stay in touch with, with everybody and it's good to see everybody succeed. That's, that's our goal. We'd love to see everybody who darkens our doorstep, uh, go out bright, shiny and, and accomplishing their dreams and, and, and goals. That's, that's what we're there for. Have you heard from the rock lately? I have not. No, I think he uh, might be a little bit busy uh, working on his new, uh, what's the Young Rock show? I think. Yeah, uh, he, he's doing a new. He's got a whole lot of production, man. But I mean, his his minutes are are like, uh, well, we'll say events. You know, you you have to schedule increments. Uh, you have forty. You have you may have two minutes here. You may have three minutes there. But I think every minute, every second of his time is pretty much accounted for. So no, haven't haven't had a, a conversation with Rock in a while. Now, focusing today on today's episode, wanted to talk about guys you've trained, and we you know, I mentioned the list, The Rock, Kurt Angle, Vince, Shane. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's so many guys, so many guys we haven't even touched on, so many guys we've probably forgotten, but we'll get to eventually. But I wanted to kind of focus today on Bray Wyatt, who is obviously a big name in the WWE right now. Bray Wyatt plays a few characters, one also the other one being the fiend and he's a former WWE world champion multiple time. So when is kind of the first time you laid your eyes or the first time you met Bray Wyatt? Ah, uh, you know, I remember, uh, we were in FCW at a, um, a spot show, some town, uh, uh, in Florida anyway. And I saw, I think Barry Wyndham might've been at the show for some reason. It was an appearance, but I saw, uh, both Bray Wyatt and uh, Bo uh, Dallas, Bo yep. Rotundo, yep. uh, Wyndham, Wyndham and, and, and uh, Taylor Rotundo were, were young kids. And I, and I saw them just in the crowd. They were, they were there watching young kids. They were, they were teenagers, man. But uh, they were in the crowd watching. And they introduced themselves and talked to them then. But then when they got signed, uh, I really took a look at them. And – when, when you talk about authenticity, and I, I, I use that word a lot, and I, I try to describe it as best I can, I'm not talking about going out there necessarily and, and making um, uh, people believe in, in everything you're doing in the ring. For, for instance, you're not putting the hold on. Uh, the, the idea is your opponent, we're, we're working to practice the art of professional wrestling and make it look as authentic as possible. But when I really talk about authenticity, um, when you meet somebody, 
are they genuine? Do they have that energy? Do they have that buzz? Do they have that charisma, that, that certain something about them? Uh, you, you have, I've had friends out of the wrestling business who have this incredible personality and sense of humor. And then once I got in the wrestling business, I come to find out, you know, some of the strangest guys, some of the biggest, meanest, nastiest guys like Ox Baker, for instance. And for those who don't know who Ox Baker is or was, look him up. He, he just looks like a serial killer. He looks like a monster. But yet in the dressing room, one of the most funniest, craziest people you want to be around, enjoyable to be around. He used to paint his toenails red and sing opera in the shower. So, you know, that's authentic. When he would go out there, then he could turn into this monster. But you knew, especially when you were in the ring with him, he was enjoying every moment of it. He was Ox Baker. And when he was behind the scenes, he was Ox Baker. He was entertaining. He was, he was doing what you would think a mental patient should do. And I mean, with all due respect, and and I saw the same thing in Bray Wyatt. Um, we when we would cut promos, uh, I would I I listen to different things, I watch different things, and and I don't know if you remember when the the, the McDonald's commercial came out about the fillet of fish, and it was a catchy tune. Anyway, in South Florida, it was a catchy tune. It was a, and it, and it got to be playing on a constant rotation. On all the radio stations in Florida. And and you would go in these stores and have the fish with the flapping tail. And it would sing the McDonald's commercial. Well, Dusty Rhodes listened to one other radio station. And it didn't play a lot. But Wyndham and, uh, and Bo cut a promo together. And it was about the McDonald's filet fish And I'm rolling. And Dream has no idea what it is. But the fact that I'm laughing. And the fact that these guys are so convincing in their... Uh, delivery and their repertoire and connection with each other, he started laughing and he didn't know why. It was authentic in their delivery. It was authentic in their material. Dream didn't know what the material was, but he knew that the way they connected, the way they were delivering their promos, that somebody would say, what are they talking about? And it might take the time to look it up. Um, I would. I know I'm not that unique. But but that's how I come came to find out. Wyndham has this, uh, Barry Wyatt has this same level of let's think on a different plane. Let's think in a different box. Let's, let's not play in this sandbox. Let's go play in the ocean. And that's where you would come up with this stuff. Those are the kind of guys that uh, wouldn't be that hard or that much of a stretch to be who he is uh, today, Barry Wyatt. He's not Husky Harris. And and when that first came about, um, you know, as, as all of us do, we get these horrible gimmicks. We're, we're heartbroken. We're crushed. We go, oh, my God. But but he was handed an opportunity. And at that time, he didn't want to make a lot of waves. Wasn't sure about the waves he needed to make anyway. Uh, and so he did what he had to do. But come to find out, he wasn't Bray Wyatt or wasn't uh, Husky Harris. He was Bray Wyatt. And he was that guy that uh, that you see today, with a an attitude that you can believe. He's not. Everybody knows what they know. I get it, but there's still that part of you when you see this guy, uh, knowing that he had to have read 
a few novels in his time. He had to have read about some interesting people. He had to have been around and had an interesting life uh, when he was growing up. And he did. He really did. Uh, if you look at his back, you look at his arms, look at the tattoos. I don't have any tattoos, but I know a lot of people who do. And people who get tattoos of the crosses and, and uh, depictions of whatever it is on his on his body, it, you had to put some th thought into it, I would think. And you would have had to put uh, some creative creative imagination. And that's that's all Bray Wyatt and, and his brother were doing in FCW. They were looking for this way to express themselves. And uh, and they found it. I think Bray Wyatt found his niche. He is that guy. He, it's not a stretch for him to uh, go into a promo and start preaching about anything. Give him a topic and he can deliver it. And it doesn't matter what he's talking about. It's all in that energy and that delivery. And uh, he had that from the first time I met him, I think. He, he had something deep inside just waiting to crawl out. I know as far as him being Mike Rotundo, IRS's son, obviously, he, you know, he's got the bloodlines. Hell, you know, his uncle is Barry Windham or, you know, he's got so many people. His grandfather is Blackjack Mulligan, one of the all-time greats. I mean, he's got so much background. Did you know, like, all the background and kind of almost have higher yeah. expectations for him because of his background? Or no, you go in clean slate. No, 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 no. We knew his background. Of course we knew. We knew everything about uh well, we didn't know everything about him. We just knew everything about the background. We knew who he was connected to. We knew we knew that that uh, you know third generation. Yeah, third generation, second generation, second generation. Third. I think third generation. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, yeah because blackjack. Then yeah, yeah. Okay, blackjack, and then Mike. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, third generation. So grandfather on down. Um, yeah, we we knew all that, but that doesn't guarantee anybody stardom or success. Uh, and and while we knew it. Uh, I would listen to stories that he would tell about growing up with Mike. And I can only imagine because Mike Rotundo is one of the most laid back, easygoing people you'd ever want to meet. And what a great guy. It, it would take a lot to really piss him off. And uh, at the same time, you know, growing up in the business, around the business and around guys, you know, like Blackjack Mulligan, Barry and, and your and your dad, uh, it was a crazy, crazy time back then. And even though Mike is is one of the less crazier of of them, uh, you can't escape it. I mean, some is still going to overflow or back up or, or wave on shore, they come on shore, and you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna step in something somewhere. It, the, the craziness doesn't leave completely. And you know, Wyndham played football. He was a tough kid. Um, uh, they're all tough kids. You know, Mike's got a couple of daughters, too. And they're all tough. And they're all unique. And they're all funny and entertaining, kind of like the Armstrongs in that sense. Uh, they, they just have this uniqueness about them. And But we knew about the backgrounds. And we knew that he had some uh, a little bit of, of <laughs> insanity in his blood, most definitely. Were you friendly? I know you knew Mike Rotunda, but were you friendly with him as far yeah. as uh, like easygoing guy, you know, back behind the scenes, very uh, easy to deal with? Yeah, very easy to deal with, man. I knew him when he was IRS and then when he became an agent. And uh, even when I got released, he was one of the 
the few who, who sent me text messages and he was very, very friendly guy, very nice guy. And uh, so I knew Mike pretty well. And I've, I don't ever remember seeing him get angry, but I remember knowing that he had the capability <laughs> to, to, to fulfill any wish he had if he did. Um, he just, he was a big raw bone guy. We went to Syracuse. Yep, great and, wrestler. Yep. Yeah, great wrestler, great athlete. So, uh, but he, he's one of those guys who was uh, quietly confident and sure, didn't have to talk about it, didn't have to tell you about it. You know, he, he let his actions speak for himself. It's interesting when you think about IRS or Mike Rotunda, and then you think about Bray, it's like, man, they couldn't be com more completely opposite, right? I mean, it's just so different, just the style and the presentation. Mike is like the wrestler. I know he did the IRS gimmick, but he, he's the wrestler and stuff, and Bray is much more the talker, and, and he's going to do with entertainment. Well, uh, probably so, but, you know, he could actually wrestle too. He could actually work, and that's that's another topic we go over uh at jpwa mm -hmm. um we you do need to know the basics and fundamentals but you may not have to use them you you may not ever have to grab a headlock because that's not what you your persona once you get to that point calls for and and but in in class in an fcw everybody had to learn uh the basics fundamentals how to bump and how to do what you needed to do and then when you get on that rocket ship or, or ride those tracks to wherever you need to go. Then you find out along the way, if you need to stop here for water, or if you need to stop down the road and, and keep on going. And uh, so with Bray Wyatt, he had all the ingredients he needed. He just needed to put them in the right place and the right time. And, and also figure out you may not need this ingredient right now. You just stick with a basic recipe of what, works and what gets over and uh i think he's found his 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 niche he's found the the key to to what he wants i think when you first met him so immediately he's husky harris and and that's kind of your introduction to him if that's his gimmick well when he went to the, the when he uh, went to the actual fcw yeah 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 we we had a uh before it was the NXT guys, NXT days, I, I believe. And before they would go for NXT, we would have to uh, do shutdown class and they would do a full day of uh, a photo shoot for the NXT guys. Hmm. I don't recall who was on the rest of the team. Who The NXT crew that he went up with was who? Do you remember? Man, I'm trying to remember. Was that Michael McGillicuddy and uh, Logan? McGillicuddy? Yeah, I think it was. Wasn't it that class? Yeah, yeah. Who else was there? Anyway, there was a bunch of crazy stuff going on yeah. where they were changing names and changing gimmicks and all this stuff. Well, the camera crew is going to fly in. At, they, they land at 8 or 9 or whatever, get over to this FCW 15 minutes away, but they have to gather all the stuff. By the time they get there, I guess they start at 10, and we're going to go till 5. So they have this window to shoot everybody, to film everybody, um, and to get still shots and all this other stuff. So all uh, Wyndham was doing at the time, it was Bo and Duke. Bo and Duke Rotundo in FCW. That's who he was. He was Duke Rotundo in FCW. Duke Rotundo didn't wear trumps. He wore the, the jeans, the pants, and a shirt to cover up those tattoos. And, you know, Bo, of course, I think he wore trunks and boots and all that stuff. 
But uh, I get a call at like four o'clock. Now this is supposed to wrap up at five. I mean, these guys want to be out the door at five, so they have to shut, drop, shut down, and pack their equipment and be out the door and and be at the airport by five. Their plane left at six fifteen or whatever it was. Whatever they had to do to check in, there was this was all the plan. At at four o'clock, I get a call from the office saying we need to have pictures of. Uh, Duke in black trunks. He doesn't have any black trunks. Find him. Where am I going to find him? I don't know. Use your resources. Click. Okay. Well, they're not, you know, he's a big fella. He's a big kid, big boy. So there's not too many choices that I have. And this is a day off for everybody. So I, I call two guys. They don't answer their phone. I call the third guy. He answers his phone. He says, yeah, I'll look around, but I don't know if I have any or not. I catch one guy. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, do you remember G. Rilla? George Murdoch. He's on Fox News now with. Uh, oh, yes. Tyrus. Uh, yes. Tyrus. Yes. <laughs> Tyrus was coming down from the beach. He answers his phone. And I, I tell him my predicament. He says, well. I don't have black, but I have a pair of navy blue, and they're in my truck. I'm coming back from Clearwater right now. So, oh, please stop over here. So it's about 10 after 4. We're, we're, we're cutting it tight here. And it gets there about uh, 4.20, 4.25, close to 4.30. I just remember that going, oh, geez, bless you. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you. So they're they're not black, but they're navy blue. Uh, so throw them in the window, get them on. They snap, snap, snap. Camera people are happy. They're going to make their flight. Don't have to stay over. We don't have to pay another day for a hotel. Don't have to come back and shoot it, man. I got it done. It's oh, hell yeah. Well, the next morning, I don't and I don't call anybody back because by that time it had just been a long day, and I didn't want to talk to anybody else at the office. Quite honestly, I was ready to go. So we got all of it packed up, locked up. We get home. Everything's great. Next morning, as soon as I walk in the office, I get a phone call. Hey, did you find the black tights? Well, we did, but actually we got navy blue. And he said, what? I said, well, they're they're close to black. I mean, you can't really tell. And I, I forgot that Rich Herring, the photographer, also told me before he left, he said, don't worry about it. We'll fix it in the mix. Nobody will know. It'll look just like black trunks. No worries. And I forgot to tell him this. And the fella asked me, so what am I going to do when Vince says, what are these? Not black tights. What am I going to do? So, well, that's all we have. So, I need can do people and hung up on me. And I went, well, that's a great way to start your day. So, 10 minutes later, the same fellow calls back and says, Why didn't you tell me that Rich said he could fix it in the mix? And I said, I was a little frazzled. I'm sorry. I forgot all about that. He goes, Everything's fine. Thank you. And hung up on me again. So, he was going as Husky Harris on a last-minute deal anyway. And we did what we could do, but he had taken the pictures. I saw the pictures, by the way. You can't tell if they're black or blue. or It's, it's darker, tronchy. If Unless you're really looking for it and you want to say, gotcha, then you can tell, and then it matters. But it really didn't because Husky Harris with the tattoos and the way he looked, that, that was – he knew it. Everybody knew it. That wasn't him. That's not who he is. You let him be who he is. Bray Wyatt, he's going to be fine because he can fluctuate between when he has to be, hey, whatever, funhouse, and then between that that psycho serious, yep. you don't know if he's had one too many shots or not.
type thing. So that that was uh, uh, that was an experience of ex- experimentation. That was a time of experimentation, anyway. And then they found out it wasn't going to work. So who was on the other side of the phone? Was it Johnny Ace or Ty Bailey? <sighs> and this one, this was Johnny Ace. Yeah. Oh come on, Ace! Oh man. Yeah, but you um, know, listen. Looking back on those signs, I really do have to say that. Uh, oh, I get a call. Can I take the call? Nope. I will call you back. I'm on doing my uh, podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll call you back. That was a very important call. I didn't want to just diss him. Want to do that live on there? Uh, but anyway, I'm guessing, I was that was Johnny, I'm guessing that was Johnny Ace. You're giving him a little, no, little sweet revenge. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> uh, I, I told, but I realized then, and especially after I left, and after all these years too, looking back on things, um, that that's that's the office. That's where you have to be, and that's the way it is. You 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 can split hairs sometimes, but other times. Um, there's no splitting hairs and you have to get it right. Perfect. And I get that. I understand that. Uh, even at the time I understood it, I just didn't like it. So yeah, that was, that was what I had to do. We I got you. Yeah. Yep. I got you. As far as him, Husky Harris, and obviously they're going to start him as Bray Wyatt. What did you kind of think about him just going through the training? Like, was he coachable? Was he athletic? Was he easy to work with? How was he when he's actually doing the physical training at FCW? Uh, he was he was very coachable, and, and he was uh, very talented. And I got along great with him, and he was a lot of fun on promos. And a lot of uh, – uh, he, he was – he wanted to get better, and he wanted to work a different style. And we had coaches there at the time who were helping him, too. Uh, to do that, so he was he was grabbing from everybody he could grab from, and and figure out a way uh, to to make it work. I mean, he was just he was looking for he was looking for that 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 one ingredient to to make him cross the line to get over the line. I mean, just that that one little thing to to push him to the next level, and. It was a challenge. I think it was a it was a risk in his favor to go ahead and try something like that, because I think the last guy who tried it was Danny Spivey, right? Was was Danny the last guy yep. to do it? Okay. Whale and Mercy, yep. Yes, and and so you know it it had been done before and it had been done well, but it needed to be done this time not only well but different, and it needed to fit. Uh, who Bray Wyatt was at this stage of his career. So I think, I think he, of course he knew that because he, he didn't want to go back again and, and, and be something like Husky Harris. Once he'd had a taste of it and knew what it was like to be up there, he wanted to go back and succeed. And uh, he knew what it was like to be saddled with a not so good gimmick. And he wanted to make this one stand out. It'd be great. And I think he did. He did a hell of a job. So who creates the Bray Wyatt gimmick itself? Is that like a dusty thing? Is that him himself? Who's allowing that gimmick to be created? Well, I, I believe it was an idea that came from Bray's head. And uh, once you you present that to Dream, um, he, he he listens. And, and God, that's, that's so missed today, I believe. Uh, because Dusty Rhodes was one of those guys – 
Um, as a fan, if you're just watching him as a fan, you, you're 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 treated to this guy with charisma and, and promos and 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 insight on on whatever he does. But backstage and and in creative and developmental, you're getting the other half, and the other half is so uh, not only enjoyable but. But you can't get – I couldn't get enough because it was like just this um, – you would have fun, but you would learn at the same time because he always had a twist and he always had a turn, always had something else to add or take away. And it was always – not uh, more times than not. I was going to say always, right? But 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 he wouldn't – you know, sometimes he, he would back up and say, okay, let's try it. Let, let's, let's put another layer on this. But um, – so I think especially when Wyndham and, and Dream would get together and talk or after Wyndham's promos, you know, Dream could see something because Dream's uh, up until that point uh, has seen all the best and, and seen the greats and, and no knew he still, even though he was older, he still had that feel. He still had that touch and he still had that uh, sounding board that, that was, again, right more times than not. And uh, – uh, Man, it, it's it's one of those things that, that is sadly missing today to have somebody like that. The, the closest, I think, would, would have to be, and this isn't even fair to put him in that category, but Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes has a great creative mind, but, uh, but he ain't no Dusty Rhodes. I'll say that. I feel like Dusty and Bray would get along because, you know, they're both not body guys. They're both not, quote, unquote, like, you know, catch as catch can workers, and they're not going to be just totally – you know, crazy as far as in-ring stuff, but they could go, they could work, they could wrestle, but they're, but they're more promos. They're more motion. They're more getting you feel. And obviously they both have the same body type where they're not going to be muscular and stuff. So I feel like they would mesh well and get along well together. Well, yeah, because once again, uh, Dusty Rhodes, especially in his younger days, he could move for a big mm-hmm. man. He really was an exceptional athlete. He could really move. And I've seen Dream – uh, back in the in, in in the '60s when he first started out, and and didn't realize he was just starting out, uh, and then I saw him in his later years. But but the thing is, that's why I stress to people with us, promos are so important. If you can't talk these days, you're 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 missing a huge element of your persona and your career and your life. Uh, what we do in the ring is that much. And the promos and communication is so wide. That's why, yeah, you need to have a good physique. And, and it's good to have a, a good physique. But at the same time, you're selling tickets and you're selling eyeballs. You want people to watch watch your show. You want people to see you. Uh and Dream understood that. It's it's still the same today. You still it's still about bringing people to the to the device they watch your program on or when it was before we found ourselves in this predicament to the arenas and go out there and fill seats and great matches can do it but more times than not it's the superstar billy grams and it's the dusty roads and it's those uh magical mystical and mythological, larger-than-life personas that, that, that will talk in those rhymes and riddles and, and say words. You, you wonder what he said and t- reference a, a, a movie or, or, or an event. 
and and you you got to look it up and find out about it. I mean, you know, get people engaged and get people connected. Those are the special ones, and and Dream was definitely a special one. I think he certainly related to Bray Wyatt with that because Bray Wyatt was those one of those guys that would bring up the not only extraordinary but the 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 different subjects and topics that might act, make you ask, well, what is he talking about? What, what is this crazy man saying? And you wouldn't know, but you couldn't get enough. You, you couldn't wait for him to come back next time and hear what he was going to say. And, and that's, that's the way Dream was. You know, people anticipated his promos. Superstar Billy Graham, people anticipated his promos. Uh, you know, Ric Flair was a colorful promo guy, one of the best ever. And uh, there, there, there were – there were these great promo guys that might not have looked great and couldn't wrestle a lick, but they could talk people into the building. And that's still an important part of this business. It always has been. With Bray and that name, Bray Wyatt, there's always this joke that uh, NXT and FCW at the time had like this name generator where whoever making up the names puts two names together, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, you know, they're just like making up names and throwing stuff together. Bray Wyatt, where does that name come from? Or did he make it up himself? I, I think he came up with that himself. I don't. I don't know about the name generator, but you know, we always told people he had to have. I think. I think it was maybe five or ten names, and they would pick, and, yep. and that could be maddening too. I mean, it's like, oh my god, you know. But but that's the process, man. And that's the change uh, in the business today. So, uh, but I think I think Wyndham came up with Bray Wyatt for for whatever reason. It just kind of came to him, and sometimes. That's the only explanation you have. Now, as far it's kind of like training him, and, and as he's going through, is he one of those guys that's just kind of like going from beginner to advanced, like right away, because he has a background and had some training before, or is he one of those guys that they're not really high on? No, I think uh, I, I think they were always high on both Rotundo boys. I really do because and and, and even uh. uh Kurt uh, or Joe, Joe Henning. Yeah, yep. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I believe they were high on all those guys. Again, you have th second, third generation wrestlers there, and, and there's a gold mine there. Um, for whatever reason, they wanted to change Joe's name. And, and okay, but only, only they know for sure. Uh, but I do believe they had high hopes for, for all those guys. Uh, just because of the bloodline, just because of the stories they could tell. But a lot of times, especially second, third generation wrestlers, not not all, but but some go in with this heavy load on their shoulders. And it's a heavy load, man, uh, because you're expecting, even if you put the pressure on yourself, even if nobody else is putting pressure on you, you're putting all the pressure on yourself. And some handle it well and some not so well. Uh, and some just flat out, don't but um every time those guys came to practice at fcw they were great to be around they were fun to be around um they worked hard don't get me wrong you have you, you have to love this and you have to have fun but that doesn't mean you're just slacking off and playing around working hard can't be fun and especially if you love the business and they love the business no doubt about it and bray picked it up i thought bo picked it up and and joe picked it up they all were doing great but once you get a change of scenery and, and a different environment going on with, with different play, playmates hanging around, 
Um, it changes and you have to keep a lot of things in focus. And I wasn't, I wasn't up there when they were up there. I uh, wasn't on the main roster around them when they were up there, but it's, it's one of those things that you can, uh, you, you can assess the situation and make all the assumptions you want. And you may be right. You may be wrong, but no, they, they were all great, man. It's just, I think once you get on that other, other side and you stop going to class every day and they have to get on the road, have to have a routine and you have to be at a place at a certain time and then you have to hurry up and wait. And then you got to hurry up and hurry up and mm -hmm. you're waiting. You know, so there's a lot of things that, that, that nobody really understands or sees until you get there and then you go, Oh, now I get it. So. As far as kind of who's like checking in on him, Johnny Ace, I know you're getting calls from him. Is he periodically checking in on Bray, like seeing how he's doing? Is anybody else like interested in his progress? Oh, they all are. I mean, but they're checking on everybody. Well, he wasn't just a standout guy. I mean, they were checking on everybody. And and back then, especially, um, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that direct line. Of, I mean, it was a direct line of communication. Don't get me wrong, but but it wasn't um, as it seemed like they they gave us leeway to do as we saw fit and get our reports and if they wanted to know something they'd call us but a lot of times it was like we were on an island all by ourselves and and that worked to an extent um because when the guys came down they they would see the progress or or the digression i guess if that's a word of the talent and uh it wasn't i don't think it was a a problem back then necessarily keeping up every single day unless they were really interested. And that was rarely, um, but they were checking up on everybody. The thing with him, I think is he doesn't have that quote unquote Vince body, you know, the big athletic burly guy who everyone kind of associated with what Vince likes, like the Hogan's of the world and stuff. I know that has definitely changed over times, but did you ever get a feeling that like, okay, this guy's fighting an uphill battle because he doesn't necessarily have the body. Or do you think that he's such a good promo and he's killing in promo class, this, you know, anything you throw at him, he'll be able to kind of over or anyone will be able to overlook that because he's just such a great entertainer and such a great talker. Well, the, the other thing is he was actually working on his body. He was – he's just a big kid, man. He's got mm -hmm. that that shape. And he yep. was going to, to uh, hard People knocks. Must. Yes, yes. He was going to hard knocks to, uh, you know, over behind Cena's house uh, with Rob McIntyre uh, constantly. So he he wasn't dogging it. He was working out hard. He was he was making improvements. It's just now with the Bray Wyatt shirt and, and, and everything covering up, wasn't showing as much, but he was working hard for it. So um, everything was coming together, and he was he was just adding the the touches onto his promos. And promos again for him could be so fun uh, because if you catch yourself preaching a sermon and and you can preach about anything, you know, and he would grab any topic Dream would throw at him, any topic the class would throw out and just, just go, go freestyle, whatever it was. And not everybody can do that. Um, and, and, but if you want to learn how to talk, you need to do that. You need to take us to a topic, learn about it or know about it, or just be able to improv at any time about anything. It doesn't have to be the truth. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And nobody did, man. And, and Wyndham uh, knew that Wyndham again, he, he'd listened to, 
Blackjack Mulligan was one of the greatest promo guys in the business when he was alive. And he worked a lot with Dusty. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it was only natural and the next step uh, for Wyndham to, to find his place, have the freedom to talk about and deliver whatever he wants to, to talk about and deliver. And, and he finally got there. The new sponsor is Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative made for people, not patients. So Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine, and it comes in three great flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Also the lozenge as well in cherry ice flavor. Well, you can go to lucy.co, that is lucy.co, and use the promo code Dr. Tom to get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code Dr. Tom at checkout. Also, have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So, lucy.co, make sure to use the promo code Dr. Tom. That's D R T O M. And I have some of the uh, cinnamon pomegranate. My brother in law, I'm not a smoker either, but I gave it to my brother in law who's a big smoker. He loves it because basically his wife and, and he's got two little kids were basically saying, Yo, you got you gotta yeah. stop you gotta stop smoking. You stink. You got and, and when he would go out and smoke, it was kind of embarrassing. They wouldn't let him smoke in the house. So he'd have to go around the corner, smoke, you know, he kinda hide, you know, from everybody, come back in, uh, use the cologne or whatever and stink. So he's saying this is great because first of all the kids don't even realize they think he's chewing regular gum. So he, so he was saying he absolutely loves it just for the fact that it's kind of one of those things where they don't know he's doing it. But, yeah, there you go, Lucy. So, you know, I just think it's awesome, too, because his wife's happy and his kids are happy. He's not smoking, <laughs> smoking right now. Yeah. It's yeah. helpful for everybody, not only him, but to, for his family. A lot more healthy for you as well. So, I mean, if you, if you need a nicotine rush or need a nicotine fix, man, chew the gum. It does have a lot of cool flavors, pomegranate and wintergreen and uh Cinnamon aren't bad at all. Yeah, if, if you do smoke, try this. Check it out. You won't be uh, looked at like you have four eyeballs coming out of your head. Awesome stuff from Lucy. So for all you taking to school with Dr. Tom, our listeners go to lucy.co. Use the promo code Dr. Tom for 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. I feel like with him, it's one of those things. It's like, man, you could tell he's just a natural good talker that it's not some guy writing for him. You know what I mean? It's coming from his head. And that's pretty cool that he's kind of able to almost dominate that promo class. Because if anybody saw that FCW documentary, that was so cool. The guys just go up there and they get, you know, you yell at him and stuff. Or Dusty's kind of like observing you and grading you almost. Like, let's see, let's see what you can do. Some of the guys flop. Some of the guys are great. Some of the guys are just like doing weird stuff. You're like, what the hell? But it's awesome to hear that like he was kind of, not Dusty's pet or anything, but somebody that Dusty was like, okay, this guy's going to hit everything out of the park in promo class. That was a really cool thing to look at on that FCW documentary on the network. Well, and, and that's what uh, some of those guys didn't understand. It's okay to go up and fail. It's okay to go up and, and, and be nervous and knees knocking and shaking. And that's okay. But you've got to get up there. You, you, you've got to at least stand before uh, the firing squad, if you will. And, and you've got to go ahead and, and deliver your best. And some people get into it. And some people find that, that the stage fright is the best thing that can happen to you. 
Because once you get there and you stand and you start speaking, you don't have to remember anything. If it's coming from your heart, if it's coming from deep down inside here, man, you can't fail. Because if, well, if you, if you have talent and you'll know if you have it, you know, because it's coming from here. You don't have to think about it. It just comes. You can't help it. It'll spill out. And um, when, especially some of those FCW promo days, he would preach he would talk he would hit his time and then dream say keep going and he would go on and he would do another two minutes until dream said cut you know just to see if you can do it just to see where you're at just for the test but you got to take that step and and bray wyatt took it and a few other guys took it and found out they could and found out they couldn't so um it ain't easy and it ain't for everybody. That's for sure. That's why when, when a lot of people see that and see, oh man, they're having a great time. Well, they are, but it's also, it is also a talent and it is also hard work. And uh, if it's fun to you and you enjoy it even more, it's going to come across that way. And it's going to come across natural. And you're not going to have to worry about, oh, how do I play my character? You're not playing a character. You are the character. You become the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He wasn't Virgil Runnell. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Steve Austin was not Steve Austin. He was always Stone Cold Steve Austin. He just had to find out how to navigate the river down the road there and get off on the bank he needed to get off on. That just happened to be WWE who knew how to use him and knew how to finally let him be who he was. And that's that's the great thing about having creative people around and recognizing that. And uh, that's why I think there's a huge void in the business today because Green isn't around to be able to recognize that and to give you some freedom and then to have that uh, uh, authority as well as uh, uh, gravitas that you can convince the people in charge, the powers that be, that this guy has it and, and you're missing the boat if you don't use him. And not too many people have that today. Not too many people have that. Uh, 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 ability to to see it and then relay the message back. And uh, thank God for Bray, they did. He just seems like one of the very few guys today where it's not some guy backstage writing for him. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the promos yeah. on TV, you could tell 100% that it's written. The guy would never say that. Like that's just so silly or so stupid or so old. And, you know, like back when Reigns was doing those like Vince McMahon, like suffering, succotash and saying like stupid stuff. Whatever Bray says, it just seems like it's something that he would say. Is that just him having or Vince or whoever having confidence in him saying like, okay, you, you're allowed to do your own promo or is he kind of taking their stuff and just melding it into what he wants to meld it into? Well, I, I honestly goodness don't know the process up there now. I obviously haven't been there in, in a few years, but, but from what I can see and, and from the only, what I know is very little, but I can see that now he has gone through the process of let's see what you got. Let's experiment. And let's try it out. And he's he's won their confidence, and he he's he's won it by going out there with a scripted promo and saying, "I've got better lines. I can deliver this better. Give me a shot tonight to do it." And they'll look at him and say, "You got something better? Do it!" Boom. And once you do it, you can. You sometimes you only have one chance to do that. And I'm sure. I'm sure that I'm not sure, but I, I would think that's what happened because. Uh, and, and I would think now, again, with Roman Reigns that you mentioned, um, he's, he's cutting more promos that is in line 
with who he is. He's that guy, man. He is such – he's another authentic guy who doesn't have to pretend to be anything or anyone other than who he is. And with that cold, calculated attitude, um, that isn't so hard to believe that that's him. Um, does he do that when he's at home and everything? I don't know. I doubt it highly, highly unlikely. But the point is, it's not that far of a stretch when you meet him for the first time to know there's a confidence there, man. And it borderlines on cockiness. And that's not always bad because he's a great guy and, and he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a performer. But you need to tap into that performer's ego. You must have an ego if you want to be great. And and the guys like the Roman Reigns and the, the uh, Bray Wyatts, you know, they've got the performer's ego. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Somebody else would. They would snatch it away from them in a heartbeat, like taking candy from a baby. So, you know, that that's that's how Bray, I think, is now cutting his promos because he's he's – He's have he's found out uh, that he has the confidence, and they've seen the performer's ego. That's a great thing for him, and he can deliver. If he couldn't deliver, they wouldn't be uh, letting him be that creative. But uh, he's delivering, and he's he's right where he needs to be. I think. So when FCW becomes NXT, I guess he's still there, right? He moves on to NXT, but you do not, right? Correct? No, I don't. No, no, I'm I'm shortly out the door after this, actually. So does he or does anybody say anything about like a progress report or scouting report on him or they're just they're just taking him. They saw what they saw and they liked him. They're moving on. Does anybody oh. mention him to you ever again? Like as far as moving on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. We, we would watch his progress report from FCW. But when even when he was there going doing the Bray Wyatt thing in the beginning, we still sent reports in that that was always a given uh, for everybody. But so. During his time, anytime he was in developmental, we would still send reports in. And when he would go off uh, and do TV, we would we would follow his progress and we would come back. Uh, of course, he would talk to us about how it went and how he felt about it and uh, keep trying to get better until he finally got called up uh, full time. So they, you know, they create obviously the Wyatt family. He's got when he gets called, well, even in NXT, he had Wyatt family. But when he gets called up, he's got the Wyatt family. They're kind of, you know, making him a somebody. You could just tell, you know, he's got that star quality. He's somebody. He has that cool look, that cool gimmick. He's kind of doing the Whale and Mercy thing, like you said, the Dance by the Whale and Mercy gimmick. When he gets up to the main roster, what did you think of him? Did you think like, wow, you know, he's hitting this out of the park, or did you think like maybe? I don't know they were um, kind of holding him back just a little bit because you always hear that from certain guys like, oh, they were better before. Or once Vince gets his thumb on the guy, it kind of holds the guy down. Like, what did you think about Bray when he got called to the main roster? No, he did hit it out of the park. He had the music. Um, he had the uh, lantern. Uh, he, he had an idea in his head. Uh, he was morphing into Bray Wyatt. He, he see. When you have a when you have a persona as such, it it would it would be easy, especially in the back or even in the front or or all day long, uh, on the plane, in the car, uh, wherever you're going, to to sometimes be in that moment, be Bray Wyatt, and think about Bray Wyatt things and say Bray Wyatt things and let it evolve at the arena. And this way people aren't too sure about you. And wow, he's out there, man. I'm not so sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, you want them to think that. You want them to say, you're different, man. You're special. You're different. Now, now you don't want to be a complete goof. What I'm saying is you need to be that thinking guy and thinking how you would react. How would Bray Wyatt answer a question? What would Bray Wyatt describe uh, a chocolate cupcake sitting in catering? You know what I mean? How would he describe? What would he tell you to do with that cupcake? Would he, would he force you? gingerly away from it and tell you how evil the chocolate and the ingredients of that cupcake really are for you and your soul, not just your body. It goes deeper than that. I mean, yeah, you know, I think that um, was was happening because he was hanging out of the park. And, and really the way you do that is you concentrate on, on what you want to present. How are you going to do it? How are you going to connect? He had the cool music. He had the cool entrance. And then he had to deliver. I enjoyed it when he had Rowan and Harper. Uh, he, he had uh, uh, a great mystery about him. Not everybody was sure. You know, Harper looked like a freaking axe murderer. And Rowan looked like the guy who buries the body for him. And Bray would be there uh, smoking a cigar and watching it all. You know, I mean, I just thought those were the images that conjured up. They, they were... Um, they were dangerous and they were, you weren't sure, you know, if they were actually legitimately crazy or not. I had a friend of mine, uh, when they first came out who was terrified of them. Uh, his, his, his 12 year old son was terrified of the Wyatt family. And even though he knew he, he was one of these uh, smart kids and read the internet and everything else, but those guys terrified him. Because they were legit. They didn't break character. They didn't wink and nod and say, oh, ha, ha, ha. No. And, and that's what I'm talking about, authenticity, where you're not breaking a character. You're not letting everybody in on the joke or in on the gag. That's, that's too many people think they are in on the gag. And when you get somebody to be convinced that, that these guys uh, might be all working the same kind of thing and not not really doing it but at the same time there's something about them that's different than the rest of those guys who are in the ring right now and they could snap at any minute or they're just crazy because there are crazy people in this business too legitimately crazy people <laughs> figured that one out right but but my point is uh that that was able to capture the imagination of people and got some people wondering or thinking um, even if it's all the work and every, everybody's in on it, these guys are still a little bit off center and I don't know if you can balance them or not. As far as Bray himself, you know, he's doing the Wyatt family thing that kind of leads to something. Obviously, you know, he gets the big push. He was a main eventer for a little bit, but then that kind of goes away and then he comes back and he's doing the Firefly Funhouse, and he's doing the fiend and he's kind of breaking off. So a lot of people say, you know, he kind of is like part Undertaker, part Kane, part Mick Foley, playing different characters. How would you kind of describe him? Like all the above, or would you kind of describe him as completely something else? Um. Well, the the, the first thing, obviously, because I I'd seen it before, was the way the Mercy character in Cape Fear. Um, that that was the closest thing to me. I, I don't know that it was necessarily Undertaker ish, if you will, or Kane ish, if you will. Uh, but it was definitely in that that vein, in that vein of odd personas and odd 
characters larger than life, even though you knew Kane was wearing a mask or the Undertaker was not really the dead man. Um, he was something. Uh, you know Marilyn Manson <laughs> is a performer, but you don't know what he does in his off time away from the stage. The same thing with The Undertaker. You know, it, it it's like you, you, you could envision The Undertaker sitting in a bar in a dark corner uh, thinking evil thoughts or whatever, or, or, or Kane doing some, some crazy things. The same thing with Bray Wyatt. Um, it was that, that character that you, you had a doubt in your mind when, when you saw this guy, because even, and, and I got to tell you this, even talking to him before he was Bray Wyatt, he had that special charisma, that ability to converse, that ability to uh, to make you laugh and to make you think. And he would read the odd news. I would read the odd news. I would want to hear about all the crap. I would hear about the strange events and the odd things that nobody else knew about, but you talk about and 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 go, holy smoke, man! It's like a, a friend of mine texted me yesterday. Said you have to watch this movie on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Have you ever seen it? No. Have you ever heard of it? No. Mm -mm. This is, these are real people. It's a documentary. And just to know that there are real people out there like this on the documentary makes me, that's, you could see that in a Bray Wyatt, in other words. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and yep. they're, they're real people in this documentary and and uh, it's not that it shocked me it's just that it amazed me that these people are are recounting this story um and it's it's a true story because the lady now does uh talks for uh, uh, domestic violence and things like this it, it, it's a, it's a but it's bizarre and when you have a guy like Barry Wyatt and his family and things like this it's not out of the realm of possibility to get this vibe of very bizarre and dangerous, and you're not sure what to expect, even though you know it's all in this uh, realm of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. They still go out of their way to be authentic and not let everybody go, oh, ha, 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 oh, they're just playing, ha, ha, ha. No, you, you still give off that vibe of I am more than half crazy. That's that's just what yep. I saw. So how would you kind of characterize his career so far? I mean, you you saw him be Husky Harris, then he becomes Bray Wyatt. Now as you're you know following him along, like I said, he becomes the fiend, he's doing the Fire for Life Funhouse. He's kind of morphing into almost like a Foley-esque where he can almost do three characters all at once, uh, you know, and just really be crazy but still cut these cool promos. How would you kind of just characterize his career? What would you say, you know, two thumbs up or kind of just kind of break it down? What do you what do you think about his career so far? I, I would certainly give him two thumbs up. I think he's done a great job i think he's done a, a terrific job in in not only just uh moving along working with taker working with cena working with all the top guys that he needed to work with uh to get the stamp of approval and and gain their confidence which in turn gains more confidence with the office and, and gives you more points and more advantage and, and more pull and more stroke uh he's done a great job and you know i'm sure there are days when he he wishes they weren't so long these days, but, 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 you know, we always tell everybody, look, 
Everybody talks about wanting to come in and be the world champion. Everybody talks about being a star. Everybody wants it so bad, so bad, so bad. And we said it then, and I say it now. Be careful what you wish for because there will be those 21-hour days, and there will be those days when you won't sleep at all. And there will be those long uh, 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 call days where you have to get up, you know, 3 in the morning to make a 5, eight, five o'clock flight, and then you have to go straight from there to the studio, wherever you have to go. And then you start to perform that night. And to, to get in all that, all that stuff, yeah, it sounds exciting. And, yeah, it can be a lot of fun. But you know what? Um, after a while, try it for two months straight and then try it for, for 90 days straight. And uh, when you have a family, a young, young kid at home, you know, um, for a single guy and a young guy who's, who's really ready to go and full of piss and vinegar, yeah, by all means. Uh, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. So I'm sure he enjoys it. And, you know, there might be those times when he just wants to <laughs> wants to, to stop for a little bit. But that's, that's not the way it works, not what you signed up for. But I think he's handling pretty good. Yeah, there's uh, no doubt about it. And obviously, multiple-time WWE World Champion, too. So not a bad uh, resume he's got uh, cooking up there. That's uh, for sure. He's had quite a run and obviously kind of – even feuding with Orton, getting burned alive, you know it's going to obviously lead to bigger things and a big payoff, and I'm sure a big WrestleMania match as well. Well, I, I would think so. He's figured in. Uh, uh, he, he's figured in nicely, no doubt about it. So, and, and all he has to do is uh, keep his head on and and <laughs> keep his head on straight and uh, stay healthy. Um, not always easy to do, but. He's been around for a while, so we'll wait and see what happens, I guess. Absolutely, and that's where we'll end it here, and we'll head towards the plugs. And this is kind of the first time I can actually show the book, which is great. Look look at this great book, Dr. Tom. A pro wrestling curriculum, advice, suggestions, and stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Yes, you got it, too, as I'm reading. That's a, that's a double whammy right there, man. Yeah. Where can, they, where can they get this book? You can get this book at Amazon.com. Just type in Dr. Tom's book. It'll come up. Or, and I will say this because we actually did get someone who listened to the show, uh, send a uh, send $25 to PayPal. And my PayPal account is Dr. Tom Pritchard at AOL.com. $25 and write the name you'd like me to sign it to. I will personally autograph and send this book out to you. 25 bucks on PayPal or Amazon.com right there. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com. Go over there and get a Dr. Tom shirt. I love the Wanted Dead or Alive shirt. You can also get a JPWA shirt like you've got on, which is awesome. And you can go to Patreon, Patreon.com slash JPWA as well. You got some awesome stuff over there as far as some training guides and tips and, and stuff of that nature. Of course, your website is JPWrestlingAcademy.com. For all things JPWA, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can follow Dr. Tom at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, what else you got going on? Well, don't hesitate to send us an email at jpwrestlingacademy at gmail.com if you have any questions. Or again, as you said, our website is jpwrestlingacademy.com. We have dates uh, up there for the next scheduled class, which will be uh, our spring class, April 5th through June 25th, I believe it is. Yeah. And uh, it's too late right now to get in on the winter session. We, we have our classes closed for right now. And, uh, but we'll be doing it again in the spring. 
And once we get done with 12 weeks here, man, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Great stuff. Thank you, uh, Dr. Tom. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here next week on Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother.